Kent has performed with Luke on many TV shows, including the CMA and the CMT Award Shows, Jimmy Fallon, The Today Show, and The Jimmy Kimmel Show, just to name a few. Before working with Luke, Kent toured and recorded with many respectable artists, including Pam Tillis, for five years. To find out more about this podcast and all the other episodes that we've done, you can go to workingdrummer.net. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, leave a rating and review. This really helps this podcast grow. If you like what we're doing here at Working Drummer Podcast and you want to help sustain this ongoing project that Mike and Zach and I have been doing for over two and a half years, there's a way that you can help. And there are many progressive rewards for those of you who can help. I'm talking about free Skype lessons from pro drummers like Ben Caesar and Carter McLean, a free Working Drummer t-shirt, access to bonus content, shout outs, Twitter follows, and even a personal feature on you within an episode. Check out all the details at patreon.com slash working drummer. Donations start out at a dollar per month. So check that out. Patreon.com slash working drummer. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash working drummer. You can also find the uh, donate button on our website. So here you go. Here is my conversation with Kent Schluker. Well, we're here at your place. Yes. And when I walked in, you were on the phone. Uh, I was handling uh, uh, some changes with a home recording that yeah. you've been doing. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about uh, maybe let's let's just start there. I mean, you were up in your studio. Yeah. Upstairs, you've yeah. got a couple kits. You've got an electronic kit. Yeah. Uh, you've got the gong that I'm sure you're using on every... I used on tour. Yeah, that that gets recorded a lot. Not really at all. (laughs) It's just kind of there. I put lights on it and make it look funny. But, yeah, this whole thing came about uh, last Christmas, actually, November, October. We were off the road, and everybody's kind of going the home home studio route, you know? And and, um, it just seemed like a a thing to do and invest in, you know? And I, I... hope uh convince my wife you know hopefully it'll pay itself back soon and we'll make our money back soon on it kind of thing and lo and behold within the first few months this thing was up and going it was really really productive i had you know i played on two full records from this place yeah so within a few months of each other so yeah and now i'm still have stuff coming in here and there and between this and i work a lot with our our bass player james cook Okay. Uh, Luke's bass player between his home studio and this studio and us and kind of doing other things, we I stay quite busy. So I'm very, very happy about that. So. Nice. Was there anything particular that you did to kind of help get this launched and rocking? You know, the only thing I did is 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 is, is crazy as it sounds is I just put feelers out on Facebook and just kind of one of those things and I put out you know hey. I'm up and running if anybody needs any drum tracks. And, yeah. And it was just kind of guys around Florida and, and surrounding, you know, states and such that, that were just wanting 
you know the i you know for instance i had one guy that saw saw us on an award show and wanted that rhythm section yeah you know wanted james yeah. james and i wanted the that section of the of the band so it was just a really neat thing and then he had, which was getting me to the point of the social media thing he hit me up on social media sent me a message yeah. hey man love to use you guys on a thing and mm-hmm. And then that led to another thing. A guy in Florida was doing a record, and he got actually got Nashville players. So he just hired a bunch of guys from Nashville and would send his tracks. And he'd send me about six or seven tracks at a time. I think we ended up cutting 12 tracks, and he used like 10. And he's already ready to do another record, that's, I think. That's yeah, amazing. so he's, it's, it's, it's been great. I, I cannot complain at all, except other than the fact I'm with Pro Tools. It's just a... It's such a headache trying to, you know, uh, the the speed bumps. I'm right. not the most uh, savvy person when it comes to the recording, <laughs> you know, the, the the technical end of it and stuff. Excuse me, my mother's calling oh, me. Oh, yeah. Let me let me. Uh, I will get rid of her. Mom, I'll call you back. All right, there we go. So um, it's just it's yeah, just the speed bumps. Like when you came, literally came through the door. I was on the phone trying to talk to a guy about a little issue I was having, but it was. It's nothing. I'll just recut the track and redo it, and it's not oh, a big wow. deal. I, I like I like getting the take. For, I don't like doing punch ins yeah. at my place, at least, just because I don't have an engineer. Yeah, you know, I am the engineer, which is not. I'm probably not the best engineer in the, on the planet. <laughs> Self, you know, I will definitely say that I'm not the best. So I, I like trying to get the performance and getting from top to bottom anyway. So mm-hmm. I got all the way done, and then to, at the very end of the song, he he wanted a little something different. Than what I did, and so I was going to do a punch in, and I'm like, you know what? It's it's it might just be easier for me to just retake right, it, right, so right. and get the performance of it yeah, instead, of, yeah. instead of that. So just for me, like I said, if I was in a different studio uh, setting, you know, somebody was there engineering and doing a punch in, you know, it'd be no problem at all. But right. for me, being what I'm at and what I'm doing, I'll just redo it. <laughs> it'd be a lot easier. So. Had you had you worked with Pro Tools before? Uh, you know, I had not. I had not. I'd, I'd used Logic Pro. Okay. Um, I'd done that before, and then the file sharing and all that stuff was kind of, uh, you know, and you can share sessions and everything with Pro Tools. Right. You can do online sessions literally with Pro Tools now. You can you can send the sessions session files back and forth oh, in real time, and it's really cool. So I, I went that route because everybody that I work with is using the Pro Tools thing for the most okay. part. So that was it just made sense. Yeah, it just made sense. Gotcha. It just made sense. Gotcha. So, yeah, around Christmas, I just invested in a couple interfaces and – a bunch of mics and had the drum set already and stuff like that. So and I got Pro Tools and some some speaker, you know, some uh, monitors and the whole thing and kind of okay. kind of just kind of in house here, you know. So drum tracks I can do here, but anything more than that, I mean, we can multi track here, but it's the headphone situation is not the greatest. I can do like one other headphone amp or something like that right now. Right, right, so. right. So I know that when people are tracking, there's a lot of talk about EQ and and and, yeah. and trying to dial in certain sounds. Mm-hmm. And then all that stuff kind of gets thrown away when yeah. when when you're sending raw drum tracks right. that a lot of people are wanting. Have you? Yeah. Is that a common experience? For I you? send raw tracks. I send raw, that way they can do with it what what they want. Okay. That, you know, it, um, it just depends on the situation. Now, if I do have something that someone wants a little love done to, mm-hmm. I will actually send it to James, our bass player, and let him do it because he know he's so much quicker and fat and, and, mm-hmm. and more savvy on the, those things to me. Then, mm-hmm. so I'll just send it to him, and then he'll send it back to me with with the love on it, and then I'll send it back out. Yeah, kind of thing. But for the most part, I'm finding that everybody's wanting just the raw drum track. So it all okay. starts with just a really good drum sound. Okay, you know, so which I have monkeyed with in this room. I've 
I've done different micing techniques and all kinds of different stuff because I've got the vaulted ceilings. You know, it's a bonus room. So I was like, uh, I don't know. And I set the kid up in different places, and I actually found that the corner of the of the room was the best, and I actually get oh. a pretty decent drum sound in here. So. Okay. Um, yeah, we're looking at this yeah. beautiful Ludwig purple yeah. swirl. It's, yeah, it's a ruby mm. red Strata ruby. Club Date <laughs> is what it's called. Yeah, it's a Club Date kit, and I do all my tracking on that. And there are an array of symbols and, and snares, of course, but depending on the track. But for the most part, that's my that's my meat and potatoes of a setup right Stunning. there. That's, Stunning. That's it. Thank you very much. I, I, I truly love that kit a lot. And it sounds amazing. You had something you posted on Facebook, I think, yesterday of you playing. Oh, yeah. 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 It was, yeah. It was just nice and Thank fat. Thank you very and much. That, so that was the thing. That was, uh, uh, you know... I use the term loosely an acoustic show but you know everybody was plugged into di's and things like that but luke likes me using an actual full kit but just different sizes i was using like a 10 inch tom and a 14 yeah i want to get into that because um so uh, i wanted to ask you about what's going on with luke now you say he's getting ready for a new record to come out yeah i think his new record's done it comes out um at the end of the year maybe i'm not sure uh, when it comes out honestly i don't know the date yet but uh, i think it comes out soon i know he's got a new single coming out tomorrow literally wow tomorrow so uh, we're very very excited it's, uh, from what i've heard of the stuff so far it's going to be an incredible record so nice i'm very very excited to play new stuff always well, well what do you really do excited. to get ready for for the new material i mean are they giving you okay here's the songs we're gonna we're obviously gonna pretty do much single yeah yeah he, uh, we we've got the single uh, and it's kind of like learn it, you know, because we may be implementing it uh, soon mm-hmm. into the set. We don't know for sure when, but yeah. just just know it and be prepared. Right, that it could be pretty much any time. So, so what is it about? What what do you have to do to get ready for playing a new song with Luke Bryan? That yeah. say uh, say hey, we're here's songs we're going to do for this gig this right. Friday. Right. Have them ready. You know, we just come in, we're just going to play the drum parts. But yeah. for for someone like Luke Bryan, it's different. Yeah. I mean, you got to yeah. like okay, are there tracks? Is yeah, there loops? That, there's What's the thing on? is I usually there there usually are loops. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that that they do nowadays are loop loop oriented. So. I kind of let the loop do do what the loops do, and they can send individual. Um, you know files uh, of the drum tracks if i wanted them mm-hmm. but for the most part i kind of you know i keep the meat and potatoes of the song the way they recorded it you know mm-hmm. greg morrow plays uh, on most of his stuff if not all of it now mm-hmm. and so i try to keep um, he's kind of a lightweight he's yeah he what's he ever done really yeah <laughs> other than awesome everything awesome I, I discovered greg i think like a lot of other people did really i not discovered greg but really really it hit me right in the face like a ton of bricks how amazing that guy was on the Dixie Chick stuff. Yes. Back in the day, you yeah. know, and I was like, who is that? And and that me, drum sound blows my that mind. Re- was it Fly? Fly and then uh, Wide Open Spaces, I think. Yeah. But it's, it, it's, it was incredible, you know. And so and then, then from then on, I just followed everything that Greg Morrow did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm just honored to play anything that that guy's you know, if I can recreate anything he's done, as well as Chris McHugh's of the world, and mm-hmm. and just so many wonderful drummers, and Miles McPherson, and all these crazy players in Nashville nowadays that are mm-hmm. just blowing my mind all the time. You yeah. know, so you know, when if I get to make my little stamp in the recording world on the stuff right. that I do, even though you know it's not, you're not hearing it on the radio left and right. You know, it's still still being creative and doing my thing. And I take a lot of what those guys do and, and use it as inspiration. Right, you right. Know, especially Greg's stuff. It just, he's amazing. But you've got to, you've got to 
recreate the energy, yes. recreate the feel, the pocket. Yeah, yeah. In a live setting. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little bit of a mix. And, it is. Yeah. And you've been kind of given that responsibility within Definitely. the organization. Definitely. And obviously, there's been a lot of trust that has yeah. been created yeah. over what close to eight years. I've been here. I've been here. Going, uh, this will be my tenth year, actually. Ten. Yeah, year. ten years. When I started with Luke, he had. Um, he had, uh, let's see, All My Friends Say was out, and uh-huh. his second single, Country Man, uh, was getting ready to come out. It hadn't even come out yet, so okay. he didn't, uh, his first number one was Do I, and mm. I think since then he's had 17 or so, 16 or 17, which is incredible, you mm. know, that that I can sit here and say that I play for an artist that has accomplished what he has, so it's, right. it's right. truly a blessing and an honor yeah. to get to do what we do, and, you know, it's, it's yeah, the, you know, recreating the stuff live is just... I love it. I, I accept that challenge. I, I mm-hmm. truly do. I, I, you know, like I was saying, you just get the meat and the potatoes of the song, mm-hmm. but also bring my own personality into the songs. You know, my feels aren't going to be exactly like Greg Morrow's. You know, because he, he thinks totally differently mm-hmm. than I would too. You know, mm-hmm. so if it's a big por- part of the song or a signature right. riff kind of thing right. or a signature lick kind of thing, definitely, right. I, I will. I definitely do all that justice. And of course, the. Um, the groove of the song and the feel yeah. of the song i try to yeah. do the best of my ability of course it's going to feel a little more energetic a right. little different live you mm-hmm. know or not 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 even i hate to use the word energetic but just a little more beefy live you know because mm-hmm. you're playing through the pa and you have all that stuff and my job is to make people dance and bob their heads and and mm-hmm. jump up and down so if mm-hmm. i if i'm doing that then i like to think i'm doing the record justice or doing the songs right. you know because right. like you know like i always say luke had a vision, and whoever wrote that song had a vision of the way they want it to sound. So far, be it for me to go out there and and uh, rain on that parade. I'm not, you know, my job is to, as most everybody's is, or everybody's that does what we do for a living, is to recreate that song the way the person heard it on the radio. Right. You know. Right. That's that's why they're but also, there. But also give them the live experience too, but and also help to drive the like, band. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I know, I know you've probably done uh, songs in your current set that you did when you first started. Yes. Uh, yeah. That probably all my friends say and yeah. things like that. Yeah, we broke it back out. Okay. Story, yeah. Is you do you find your approach different now? Like as you've because we all change and yeah. as players sometimes in good ways. Yeah. Bad so, ways. Yeah. Yeah. I've done both. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully we mature and we find. Yeah. Uh, but do you? You're able to kind of, I don't know if you're able to kind of see this uh, this change, this maturity over time since you've been with one I, artist. Yeah, I like to think so. I, I, if anything, you know, I think like everybody else that kind of goes through, you know, I'm, I'll be 41 this year. So, I mean, I, I was in my early 30s mm-hmm. when I started with Luke. So, I like to think that I play a little more simplistic oh, okay. as far as that. And I try to approach... Uh, you know, the funny thing is, you know, with the exception of the ending of a song or or anything like that, I try to approach drum feels very simplistic. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is it's going to get lost in the mix, mm. especially live. Because, you know, in the studio, you can kind of get away with more because obviously the, the mic's going to be a little more sensitive and pick things up. But when you're in the in a big arena, mm-hmm. if I'm doing a huge drum fill or, or a big double bass drum fill within a song, it's not really going to do anything for that song other than jumble it up it's gonna Mm -hmm. you know i like the boom back a doom drum fills you know things like that because 
it, you know, it, they're, you're going to be able to pick that out. It's not going to get lost in the mix. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if you're doing a lot of stuff, it's just going to sound like a lot of stuff. It's not going to be musical, right. depending on the gig. You know, obviously doing what we do. You know, if I go see Dream Theater, I expect right a lot of drum fills, and I expect a lot of a lot of room to do that kind of thing. But doing for this gig, you know, it's just play play this particular type yeah. of music the way that it is and keep it you know keep it simpler yeah kind of well i geez a couple of years ago i saw rush at, at bridgestone and it's like i kind of hear what's going on but yeah i, I yeah. know what he's doing yeah. but i'm not hearing every little bit and even sometimes yeah you know even sometimes even though you know the part you're still not hearing it the way that you've yeah, heard it yeah but before and that's just the nature of the beast you're in a you're in an arena there's going to be a lot of natural reverb there's right. going to be just a lot of stuff real you mm-hmm. know busy room you know so mm-hmm. that's just part of it which goes to, back to my my thinking of you know with the exception of a couple songs where i'd just go haywire at the end you know we do the big trash can ending kind of thing mm-hmm. for the most part the everything's pretty simple yeah you know so uh one the question i had about getting ready for new songs um are you in charge of building tracks i am you, not okay i'm not so so production is doing that or people are giving y- that usually um Usually, let's see, he has a guy, the guy who probably, basically the gentleman who, who builds the tracks for the loops for the record usually sends the stems okay. to our guy, and we're running Ableton Live, uh, so we'll run, uh, you know, the loops and such, mm-hmm. uh, loops and things like that through Ableton Live. And are you starting and stopping? I start and stop it all, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I start and stop it all, which is also synced up to the video screen, yeah. you know, so if if something was to go awry, if I was to kill that track, then... That would kill the video. If if you if we have, and, and we're not using just a, a camera footage, if it's a of you know an image that's synced up to the to the a track. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And then you know, so it's just one of those things. That's part of it. Right. That's what we do. Anything in the ten years that has just. Do you have a story or something you can relate that maybe something went haywire or maybe there was something that... You know, the the biggest... I was talking about this the other day because it happened to me again. And one of the biggest things that I learned over my career with Luke is to keep your cool if something goes wrong. And the reason why I'm not ashamed to admit that's something that happened to me one time is... uh, we were playing a pavilion, you know, it's probably 15, 16,000 people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're running the tracks and everything. Of course, I'm playing to the click and everything. Well, lo and behold, my, my, uh, my ear pack goes out completely, completely goes out. I have nothing, zero zilch. And everybody else, you can tell by the way they're playing, you know, they know something's going on, but they still have their ears. So something just went wrong with my pack. And I killed the track. Yeah. But where I went wrong... And the lesson I learned is where I went wrong is I'm in the talkback screaming, trying to get somebody's attention. Well, guess who also has that in their ears? Luke does. Yeah. He's trying to sing and perform and put on a show. And I'm in there, somebody help me. Out! You know, I'm losing my mind. And he's kind of looking back at me going, man, what? chill out. What's on? You know what's going on? Yeah. So I learned from that. Just calm. Just keep it cool. It happened to me the other night. It literally happened to me last week. Yeah. Uh, or this last run, it, it happened. Uh, I think I was sweat. I sweat so much. It was so hot that I, uh, they think that I uh, overheated the the belt pack and it just shut itself down. It just kind of went into sleep, you know, just just went into protection mode. So yeah, so it went completely done. And same thing happened. I calmly 
killed the track and I took both my ears out and I'm sitting there playing and the bass player James kind of looks back at me like he knows because I'm pro- I'm dragging a little bit because I'm calmly trying to get somebody's attention at the same time and yeah yeah I'm just chilling yeah you know breathe take, take it's all right it's gonna be okay and you know at the end of the song is one of those songs where I just got in the talk back calmly as I could could and I said Luke hey man can you stretch this my pack completely went out so. The craziest thing that happened to me on stage was probably that, you know, Mm -hmm. other than just, you know, stuff being thrown on stage, you know, just normal stuff. But as far as technical issues, that's one of my biggest deals, because when you're playing at a venue that size, all you can hear, you take your ears out, all you hear is you. Yeah. You can't hear the guitars. Right. You can't hear no. anything because you're you're relying on the mains, which are you know, mm-hmm. the 25 feet in front of you, right. which you're not going to be able to hear. So, I just kept my cool the other night. Whereas whereas like four years ago, I didn't. You know, I, mm. I let it show. And obviously, you know, if the audience, somebody in the audience was looking at me, they probably knew something was wrong too. So yeah. I've, I lesson learned. If, if if anything goes wrong, just try to show that it's not going wrong. The opposite of electronics, uh, I wanted to ask you about this acoustic, the acoustic gigs that you've been doing, yes. kind of what the difference is with that. And yeah. Have you guys ever done anything like that? We do a handful a year, um, normally on like private gigs and stuff like that, or fan club parties or stuff. And, and te- yeah, honestly, those are my favorite because, um, you know, you don't have all the bells and whistles and you don't have all the other stuff going on and you get to get to play a little different you know you approach mm-hmm. the song different you're not amplified yeah you know for instance i you know i pay attention to the solos the guys are doing mm-hmm. and stuff like that they're totally different mm-hmm. than what they would be you know because you obviously you can't do twin you know some of the twin parts and all this you know so it's you take a little different of approach and obviously you don't play as loud okay. you know which is the thing that i you know on the loot gig i i, I play really hard and I, yeah it's just you know kind of coming from within you know it just right. it's comes from the heart and whatever happens happens but obviously when i played with pam tillis i didn't play that loud right. because that the situation or that gig didn't call for that yeah. luke's thing is you know essentially a big 80s arena rock show a big or 90s arena rock show with country lyrics you know yeah. it's, it's a big bombastic show you mm-hmm. know and it's a lot of fun and yeah, that comes out in my plan. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm having a blast up there. So yeah, you know. But the acoustic shows, you approach them a little different, and you you kind of you know you just kind of settle in a little more, mm-hmm. and you kind of get to pour, play a little right. more dynamically, and 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 just approach it a little different. Right. You know, without the drum loops. You know, I try to recreate the drum loops acoustically because we we won't oh, use cool. track. Yeah, we won't use tracks or anything like that normally. Nice acoustically. Nice. So yeah, that can be fun. Yeah, too. it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, well, let's let's back up then. Um, you're from Louisville. Uh, yeah, that's where I was born. Technically, I, I say Louisville. I was born in Louisville. Lived in Shelbyville, Kentucky, though. Where I was mm-hmm. born was, was Louisville because that was the biggest hospital close by there. Okay. So um, I lived in Shelbyville till I was about six. My mother remarried. I moved to Florida mm-hmm. till I was about fifteen. Then moved back to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then graduated high school and that, and then played in my dad's band. Who he had a top forty killer top forty band, and then I bounced around to a couple local bands there, and then and then kind of did the Nashville thing, you know. Yeah. So, did, uh, is your dad still playing? Or? He doesn't play much. He okay. he's, he's retired, as he says. He uh, yeah. He's got a ton of guitars. He has more guitars now than he's ever had in his life, but doesn't play any of them hardly. They just kind of sit there. And yeah. when he retired, he retired. I'll give him that. He he's he's a 
fantastic musician. Him and my mother both are are very accomplished. Okay. Play. You know, my mom's a great singer, and my dad's a great guitar player. Hey, I think my dad won't tell you, but I think he's one of those guys that can kind of play anything if he puts yeah. his mind to it. I know he can play bass for sure, play bass and guitar, so he's very talented. And did you have you discovered like this has really kind of rubbed off on me over time? Oh, absolutely. Able, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I can't play much of anything else. I, I love guitars. Uh-huh. I love guitar players. I love <laughs> I, I love the equipment. I love the amps. I love uh-huh. you know. I, I, you, I'd be hard pressed. There's a couple guitars sitting over here. I'd, I'd be hard pressed to play four or five chords. And I've got a really kind of neato amp sitting behind me, but I don't know anything. But I love Warren Haynes and all these wonderful players and I listen to Bonamassa and just right. Warren Haynes is one of my heroes. I just love mm-hmm. the soul that that guy has. And mm-hmm. just so I love guitar players, man. I, I love a, a really great guitar player. Cause you feel it. Yeah. You know, when they, when somebody plays something and you feel it, then mm-hmm. they're doing it right. You know, and that goes with anything too, but right. I'm pretty partial to guitar players actually. You know, I like, I like a lot of, that stuff, Lindsey Buckingham, really sure. guys like that, you know. Sure. Well, and I'm sure that kind of just a, 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 an, an understanding and a knowledge of other instruments and, yes. and just other yeah. things just that just adds to your yeah. uh, uh, musicality as a drummer, yeah. you know, and you understand so. the supporting role that you can play. I hope so, you know, because I mean, in my ear monitor mix, I have everything. I want to listen yeah. to what everybody's playing, yeah. you know, not just me. I'm not listening to myself, but it's hard to play musically when you're just listening to yourself. Yeah. You know, because if the guitar player is doing something cool, cool and he tends to maybe do it every night and I'm not hearing it, it's not going to do me any good because maybe he's doing something cool. I want to hear it and maybe we can do a a punch together or something or we can mm-hmm. do it you know what i mean and mm-hmm. uh, so if i'm not hearing it it's it's it's, it's irrelevant but I, so i like to hear what everybody's doing and i think that people forget that even with loops and clicks and everything like that 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 some gigs require uh there's still a feel element that you that has to happen between absolutely. players absolutely uh, there's a push and pull thing yeah. within a click very yeah. minute but yeah i'm never gonna be you know i'm not a i'm not a robot ro- robot a robot <laughs> i'm not a robot so i'm not or a, robot. i'm not or a robot <laughs> hopefully not a robot <laughs> but uh, nobody's you know you're a human being so it's gonna fluctuate you have a heartbeat it's gonna it's gonna feel a little different here and there and my my thing is you know, you go see these bands and you feel it fluctuate or you hear it fluctuate. But if everybody fluctuate and moves together, yeah, then that's what makes it cool. Right. But if right. you have a bass player that's dragging and a drummer that's pushing, or and they're not listening to each other, or or, or vice versa, it you know that kind of makes for a long night. Mm-hmm. But if you're but if you all seem to to kind of move in, in, within. And and with you know within the beat together, I think it's a beautiful thing. It, it, yeah. it makes for you know, like I said, live music. You know, you can play behind, you can play on top, you can play on the click. You know, and there's so many times. I think we've all experienced that where you, you'll see a young band, maybe a really young band, and there's a there's an energy and there's a there's a lack of experience that you notice but there's also this energy that you pick up on that is uh pretty amazing yeah that you're like that's that's cool because they're relying so much on each other oh yeah there's, maybe maybe yeah. the maybe the bass player is like one of the more seasoned players yeah. and he's holding it together maybe it's yeah. the drummer you maybe never it's know the singer it's, but know. they're all they're good buddies they yeah. grew up together yeah. they're they've been working in their mom's basement yeah. getting ready for this one gig yeah. or whatever and you you hear that thing and it's like that needs to get bottled yeah, yeah. 
and and never forgotten. Absolutely, in all types of scenarios. There's there's a there's a band. That's funny you just said that. There's a band that really from around Nashville here actually that that is doing amazing things right now and they're doing really well. They were out with Guns N' Roses and ACDC. Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. Okay. A buddy of mine named Caleb Crosby plays drums for them and those guys just got Tyler Bryant's an extremely extremely talented guitar player and the band is just killer. Yeah. And Caleb, I've kind of I'm older than him, so I, I know him from our hometown and I've seen him become this monster player. Yeah. And you need to check those guys okay. out. You, you talked about the rawness in the in the and the guys play and just the, uh-huh. there's there's a rawness about these guys that is really really cool in the way they play together. Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. If you hear Tyler this, Bryant and the Shakedown. Yeah, they're they're rocking. They're great. They're I'll doing, check them they're out. They're doing wonderful things. So. Uh, I'm a little plug. I, I, you just made me think of them for some reason. Oh, of course. You, when you uh, mentioned what that you That sounds great. That yeah. sounds great. Um, tell me about, um, was was coming to Nashville just a logical it thing was, It was. And the, the reason why is, is, is I, oddly enough, I got my Nashville gig a little more, un, or, uh, it was unorthodox the way I got my gig. I got my gig actually before I even moved to Nashville. Was this Anthony Smith? It was Anthony Smith. Yeah, that was my first gig. And I... Um, a local DJ buddy of mine from Kentucky uh, came to one of the CRS conventions here, mm-hmm. and uh, I was still work, uh, working, you know, a, a day job at the um, at a music store there in town called Carl's Music Center and playing uh, Thursday through Saturday at, at a club there. And he would come out from time to time and watch the band play and everything. And one night he came up to me and said, "Hey, man," he goes, uh, "I hope you don't mind. I gave your name to a guy." Name Anthony Smith at a CRS CRS convention. I hope you don't mind. I was like, no, man, that's great. You know, mm-hmm. and I kind of really didn't think much about it. Yeah. You know, I just took it with a grain of salt and said, thanks, man. You know, that kind of thing. And, and you were working at the store. I was working at Were the you store. playing with your dad's band? I was time? playing with a different band at the okay. time. All right. Um, uh, that, my dad had pretty much retired or what have point. you. And, and okay. then uh, at that point, then I was just, I went to play with another local band that was had a really good following and, and was staying really busy. So I went and did that. And so he saw me play there and approached me and said, you know, gave your name to this guy named Anthony Smith. He's a new artist to, to Mercury Records, you know, just, just letting you know mm-hmm. kind of thing. And didn't think anything of it. And about three or four months later, the phone rang at the music store and it was Anthony Smith. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, Kent, you know, uh, your name became was recommended to me uh, from a guy there in town. I'd love to get together and play. Are you are you interested? Mm-hmm. That it literally kind of went down like that, and I was kind of sat there for a minute. I was taken aback because you know, number one, I'd forgot about it. Number two, I thought it was a joke because you know, one of my buddies messing with me because they knew how bad I wanted to do that. But lo and behold, I, I you know they sent me a CD to learn and learn these six songs or seven songs, whatever it was, and I I I, I listened to that stuff so so much, <laughs> and I still listen to that record. Actually, it's phenomenal. Okay. And um, so I learned the songs as as tightly as I could to the record. And Shannon Forrest and Bobby Terry oh, okay. were the musical geniuses on this thing. It's, yeah. It was incredible. And uh, I went down there and auditioned for the gig. And also, come to find out that particular night that I was auditioning for the gig was his record release party. <laughs> so I, I literally... At soundcheck, audition for the gig. Okay, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So, uh, and I got the gig. 
he at the end of the night he approached me and asked me if I would like to go on the road with him and yeah and I was literally cried the whole thing you know because that's my childhood dream to to do right. what I'm doing now yeah and it came true you know so yeah. and then you know I toured a solid year with him and learned so much about music and just the road and you know did that about a year and then things happened and he 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 stopped touring and all that but and then you know I was kind of back to square one you know I was back to went back to Kentucky I was still living in Kentucky at oh, the time wow. so I was driving back and forth okay played uh played another you know went back to another band mm-hmm. and went back to the music store they they let me come oh, back okay. in and work okay. and then I got a call to come play audition for Pam Tillis mm-hmm. and then I I got the Pam Tillis gig uh, from a friend of mine named Darren Favorite, an, an extremely talented guitar player, and played with her a good five five years and oh, played wow. on a couple of her records. And she was, again, just such a musical uh, experience for me to learn mm-hmm. different styles, so many different styles of music. Mm-hmm. And I think that opened up a, a door for me to learn so and you know it just kind of prepared me for any gig that would come along because right. I played so many different styles with her. So and then things happened. She took off the road for a year. Then I was like, oh boy, what am I going to do now? Yeah. And then a bass player that I played with back in Anthony Smith. Yeah. Uh, you know, six years ago, whatever it was, a guy named Keith Horn called me and said, hey man, uh, there's this new artist named Luke Bryan looking for a drummer are you interested i think you're the guy for the gig and i'm like well absolutely i'm interested I've, i saw him ironically before uh, he opened for pam tillis at a gig in nashville okay so and i stuck and i and i came in early like i usually do to watch the other bands and, and watched him and i was really impressed and then you know sometime down the line i got offered the gig with him and here we are i said before you you know almost 10 years 10 into that years gig later. now <laughs> which is amazing so i'm I do not take it for granted by any means. Yeah, so. but there's many other people that you've worked with. Yeah, just along those... the lines. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Within the time, you know, I, I, uh, with Pam, I, I, you know, when I say worked with, I, I, I mean, may have played a gig with, or, a, yeah. or, or, or done a solid week with or two like that. You know, so it's not like I played full time with those artists, but it was like I got to play a couple weeks with the, the uh, uh, with the Gatlin Brothers. Yeah, which was an amazing experience as well. And um, gosh, uh, Susie Boggess, Susie I got Boggess, to play with her. James Otto, James Otto got to got to sub a thing with him because uh-huh. of the the Anthony thing. And it okay. was yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Who else is on that? I've I see Oak Ridge most. Boys. Yeah, played with the Oak Ridge Boys for uh, for a few tunes. You know, uh, at a thing with Pam. I was working with Pam, and uh, the Oak Ridge Boys needed a backing band, so we were their backing band as well. Yeah. So it was man. They always have great players. Oh my gosh, them, it was. So. And there was no rehearsal. I remember they just came in and they gave us three tunes. We did them and they nailed it. I mean, those guys are just true pros. Yeah. They, they just take, they trust who's behind them, you know? Yeah. They, they want to, they want to know that whoever's yeah. behind them is going to do their job. So, well, and if there's anything you want to interject here, but, uh, the list that I have, uh, here myself, um, Kelly Kagey, Kelly Kagey. Yes. From Night, Ride, from, Night from Ranger. From Night Ranger. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, um, uh, Bill Medley, Righteous Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mary Sue England? Mary Sue England, who played with Pam Tillis and still does. She's been there for mm-hmm. a long, long time. I used to do a lot of stuff with her, showcases and stuff with her, and she's a phenomenal musician as well. Great songwriter. Uh, Reggie Vinson. Reggie Vinson, yeah. From uh, Alice Cooper. Yeah, he wrote some stuff. He wrote like Billion Dollar Babies with Alice Cooper or for Alice yeah. Cooper, and I played on uh, one of his records. Awesome. Back, you know, because of again, because of a guy named Darren Favorite. You know, it's just, it's funny. Your your reputation kind of just precedes you. You know, if you can play, and, right, and, and that kind of thing. Well, there's that decent, and, and, decent and, human being. You know, to be around for the most part. You know, yeah, yeah. We all have our days. And you've got you've got your cheerleaders that and people that Absolutely. are there for yeah, it like uh, yeah. Definitely. Sometimes they tend to be the same. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Bobby Terry, a producer songwriter. Bobby Terry with An- with Anthony Smith. Yeah. Okay. He, he's. I call it the, he was uh, he was called the baby face of, of Nashville at one point in time uh, when the Anthony Smith thing came out because he did he literally played everything on the record mm. and produced it and he's just a phenomenal phenomenal talent love that guy uh, Cowboy Crush Cowboy Crush I subbed I subbed with them uh, before I got the loot gig actually yeah okay. they were they were kind of in between drummers and you know it's an all female band so I was the only yeah. only guy in the band and it was again such a, a musical thing it was just great players and yeah it was just a fantastic time to 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 do that it was I think a lot of those guys they're they're good people so, so with a gig like Luke though now I mean have there have there been any opportunities to do more of that you know, uh, it, it, uh, aside from recording, to be honest with you, we stay so daggone busy. Mm-hmm. I I'm quite content with it. Would have to be something really cool to go sub or anything like that. But for the most part, I um, the the biggest thing that's the, the the biggest kind of thing that's come along is is being able to do clinics mm. and seminars and things like okay. that. Um, it kind of get, gave me a platform to kind of to kind of give back and kind of tell my story. Yeah. And and you know to the kids or, or whoever wanted to come to the clinic you know and it the the came a point where the you know the companies were behind me Zildjian has always mm-hmm. kind of been behind me from that point of view so James and I our, our bass player I wanted to do something a little different you know I did Rich Redman I'm sure you know Rich yeah. Redman mm-hmm. uh, everybody knows Rich <laughs> if you don't know Rich you should um, I did you know he kind of encouraged me he's like man why don't we get out and do some stuff together. And then he's like, "Well, man, go do them yourself. You're ready. You know, you mm-hmm. got this. You got it. Just go." So, do what it. do you do at your clinics? Well, at the at, at our clinics, we uh, kind of, you know, the thinking behind behind it in in our heads, we've talked about it is, we want you to be able to walk away from the clinic and apply what we teach you or talk about at your gig that night with your playing mm-hmm. the VFW or you're playing mm-hmm. Rupp Arena or you're playing the church or you're playing yep. uh, Cowboy Bills up the road or wherever you're playing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there are tools that you can take away and apply it to your gig that you're that you're actually going to that night. Mm-hmm. Nothing against clinics uh, that, you know, I, I've, I've been to a lot of clinics and it's just a lot of playing right. and a lot of stuff that is really 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 amazing but i can't utilize any of that in my in my clinic in my show you know what i mean and those clinics will always be there they're and be always going to be there and mm-hmm. they're they're amazing players and they're stuff that nobody else can do and they're, they're fun they can be entertaining they're, and absolutely they can get you, but i love I, them i love those as mm-hmm. well but mm-hmm. the clinics i really enjoy as well are, are are ones that i just kind of I call them the meat and potatoes clinics, you know, where you, you teach me how to play to a click or, or tell me how to play to a click track. Or mm-hmm. let's talk about 
charts. Let's talk about let's talk about the relationship between a bass player and a drummer. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk about um, playing for the song. Okay. You know, let's talk about things like that. Let's talk about how to play to a loop. Let's talk about you know bus etiquette. You know everything. You know there's so many different things. You know that that people really don't realize, and if they want to, you know, further their career or what have you. Yeah. You know, it's hopefully it's something that they can take away and 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 enjoy it at the same time, but also utilize it at their right. gig. You right. know, play you know play to a click when you're in a club. Why not? Are you doing yeah. these clinics with your bass player? We are. Yeah. Okay. We, we so do, yeah. Are you covering these topics? We do. Yeah. This is stuff we talk about. Okay. Yeah. We do. We we we've done quite a few this year. You know, mm-hmm. it, they just kind of come and go. It just kind of. I don't seek them out as much as I used to, but okay. it, it, a lot of them are, are callbacks. You know, if, if we go back through a town, a, a company or a store will call back saying, hey, man, you were here a year or two ago. Would you like to come back and do yeah. do another one? You know, so it just depends on our schedule at the time. We try to ride, route them around uh, the tour schedule. So we'll go right. like on a Saturday or something, do one in the morning, you know, at noon or so, and then mm-hmm. go, go back to the venue about three or four, mm-hmm. you know. So it, they're a lot of fun. I love giving back. Again, that's the biggest, you know, other than just getting, you know, the obvious things. And I would never in a million years be in a Zildjian ad, you know, if I hadn't got the loot gig. You know, maybe maybe I would have. But, you know, maybe maybe I would have if I was playing for another big artist. But this this gig in particular is, yeah. has kind of well, propelled the way, me to, to, to that kind of thing, you know. So and I I'm, I'm, do not take that for granted yeah. either. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think people realize that endorsements – there's a, a symbiotic relationship between Absolutely. you you are providing a platform right. for this product right and a lot of times there are you're working with an artist that has this exposure but then there's also the the playing and people right. are seeing that well i'm glad this guy's endorsing this because right. What, right. what a great player and you right. have to be able to hold well, it thank you So where do you go to find a treasure trove of information about vintage drums, custom drums, and legendary drummers? NotSoModernDrummer.com Since 1988, NotSoModernDrummer is an institution dedicated to researching and documenting the history of modern drums, the art of drum building, and the legendary drummers who play them. The writers and contributors are some of the top vintage and custom drum experts from around the world. Not So Modern Drummer serves as an online gathering place and marketplace for the worldwide community of drummers who buy and sell, collect, preserve, and play these instruments. It also hosts drum-related events that are attended by drummers from all over the world. This website is easy and fun to explore, and the monthly digital magazine subscription is free. So check out NotSoModernDrummer.com. Let's talk about bus etiquette. Yeah. What do you say to people? You know, it, it's it, again, uh, let me preface this by saying we're all going to have our days where we're, and I'm sure there, there, there's no question I have quirks that probably get on the other band guys' nerves. I, I snore. I'll tell you that much. I definitely <laughs> snore on the bus, and, and I have a lot of shoes out on the, bu- on the bus with me, too. Okay. You know, <laughs> I, I'm a shoe guy, so I, have, I take several pairs of shoes out with me, but it's just things like, you know, just be mindful. Shoes can be crazy. Shoes on the can bus. be a problem. It seems to me that, like, drummers, I don't know if, why this goes hand, hand in hand so much, but drummers have shoe issues. We like shoes. Mm. Us and the girls from Sex in the City. See, that's the a thing. shoe obsession. I can't help it. It's I just a thing. Yeah, 
I've been I've, I've had the shoe kibosh put on me though shoes and watches I enjoy shoes and watches so I, I tend to you know <laughs> take too many pairs of shoes on the road I snore I'm sure there's other things that, that there's a lot of other things I'm sure I'm sure I eat like a five year old you know I eat less spaghettios and things no I don't know there's 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 several things but you know my the bus etiquette thing I guess you know it's just be mindful of others you know don't you know don't crank the TV when somebody's in bed you know it's just yeah. Simple stuff. Right, right. Don't don't crank the TV when the guys are in bed at three a.m. and in, in the in the morning or slam door. You know, just it just it just it's the golden rule. It's the golden rule. Treat man. others how you treat others be how you want to be treated. Right. It's just, you know, I say it playfully, but it's you know, you just just be mindful. Yeah, it is. You, know? you think there's a shoe out there with a clock attached to it that maybe has a sleep apnea machine? That would combo. Be, you know what? You might be onto something. You know what I'm saying? I wonder if I could talk to somebody. You could somebody. just, uh, you know, Nike. If you hear this, yeah, I mean, here, here's they've already got the infrastructure with the pump, right? So there's the airflow, yeah, and then timing, which makes, could also help with circulation. Yeah. If you pump, you know, you know, sometimes, and I, I can speak for myself. I've been in the hospital and they, those put, they put those things on your legs for circulation. That's right. Maybe we can do that. Yeah, yeah, and like when that. you like snore and there's this new thing that, it kind of props your pillow up so you're. Yeah, Man, trust I, me. I think my, we're on we're, something. We're dealing with it. This is going. This is going. This is going. This we are going <laughs> to change the world after this. Any any pre-show rituals you do? You know, uh, part of my ritual, honestly, is watching the other acts. I, I enjoy, if you want to call it a ritual, I enjoy uh, watching the other players, mm. and that's kind of part of my kind of gets me going. You know, I, I enjoy watching the younger players that have come to town or, or watching the newer bands or watching things you know because i'm i'm the older guy now you know well, i imagine so. at, with, with luke uh there's so many different like i imagine he's headlining 99 percent of the time anyway yeah yeah we we he headlines about every show now well yeah he's he's headlining everything now so we, okay we we um we always get to see the openers and i love it i yeah. absolutely love it i i you know the guys make the comments man you, you you're out every night watching our show and i'm like yeah it's just i enjoy it you know it's yeah. music i enjoy music i enjoy players i enjoy you know i'm inspired by the players every yeah. day you know because so many of the young players yeah are, man they're I sounding mean, great there's, there's inspiration so everywhere you know yeah. there's a guy guy that plays for brett eldridge got him caleb caleb gilbreth is a fantastically uh -huh. solid player and he's uh -huh. got a really nice 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 way he plays man I mean, he just plays great plays the song perfectly nice. you know and he's he's one of those belmont guys uh -huh. or no i think he went to he may have went to Berkeley. He may. Okay. I think he said he went to Berkeley, but he's he's just a very talented player. And um, yeah, we're just. I'm surrounded by guys that are way better than me on tour. <laughs> it never fails. <laughs> Donnie Marples, Hubert Payne, yeah. Kevin Murphy. I've yeah. had to tour with all these guys, and then I have to play last. I'm like, really? There's <laughs> nothing I can do right now to impress anyone. Yeah, and it's still a ritual. You still gotta. It's still a ritual. And so anyway, that's that. part of my. That's I watch. I watch. I call everybody my brothers because we're all brothers out there doing our thing. Yeah. And so I watch them play. And honestly, I don't warm up mm. before the show. I know that work for a lot of people that did, and I did for years. But the main thing I do now mm -hmm. uh, is stretch. I just do stretches. Yeah. I like the fresh feeling when I when I walk behind the drum set. Hmm. of picking up the sticks and it just kind of feeling fresh i don't like burning myself out before i play if that makes sense and a lot of guys do do that and, and if you know if i think if i had the means of you know i've got a little practice kit out on the road but i don't 
you know, it's just sometimes we don't have the room to set it up in, a, uh-huh. in an extra room or anything. Yeah. So I'll pick up the sticks and I'll do some stretches. Mm-hmm. But as far as playing, I don't have, I don't play before the show. I see. Yeah, I just I just stretch my hands and I stretch my back. My yeah. back's always you know always hurting because I'm just I'm 41. I'll be 41, and it's just the way I play is pretty physical with Luke, yeah. and it's just part of it, you know. So right. stretching is a big deal. I usually drink about two waters right before I walk on stage because oh. you know, I sweat a lot. So okay, I don't want to. I de- I dehydrate about every show. It seems like anymore. So. Just part of it that time of year. It's at least, not going to get easier. No, at least this time of year. You know, oh, it's a lot been of the pressing. So I'll drink. I'll down me about two waters, and right before I walk on, and then during the show, I'll drink about four more waters and a Gatorade. So it's a lot. Yeah. Stay dehydrated. I, th- I think uh, maybe a month ago, I was getting what is that? Uh, Pedialyte. Those help. Yeah, and those are I great. came out on an outdoor gig with it, and yeah. the bass player said, "Man, are you okay? Are you sick?" And yeah. I'm like, "No." Yeah, and I'm gonna be fine. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna get through this. Yeah, yeah, Pedialyte. I'm not are, messing around, man. Yeah, Pedialyte's are pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a your little four year old girl. Was, yeah. Was was, was gre- greeted me. She, yes, she did. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and you have uh, another uh, little one. little boy on the way. Yeah, I do in November. So time off. Time How off. are you using it, man? Time off, man. I, I am. I am pretty much, with the exception of some recording here and there, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with projects. I am one hundred percent daddy husband mode yeah i try to devote you know as much time to my family as i can when i'm home and it's it's all about them you know Mm -hmm. they're i'm gone a lot you know trying to take care of the family and then uh the family's being well taken care of here at the house she's she's holding down my wife holds down the fort and takes care of everything so yeah you know that's you know the least i can do is devote my time and my attention to the family when I get here, you know, you know, and the recording things, it's part of my living, you know, it's what I do to provide. So it's, right. if something comes in and I'm, you know, then I'll keep it, I'll keep it rocking. But it takes a lot for me to kind of get out and I don't really go out and do much anymore as far as like, I don't go out on the town or anything like right, that. Or right. I don't really do much because the family stuff's more important to me. Yeah. yeah unless it's something really, really, you know, that, that, will drag me out you know yeah. if it's an outing of some sort like you know zildjian was in town uh-huh. not too long ago and they and they take such great care of me on the road and, you yeah. know I, I went out and hung out with them and things like that and not that i don't love my my friends i do dearly but they know they know they never call me to go do anything because they know i'm probably gonna say no and, right right and stick around with the family so i'm gone a lot. yeah it is you have to juggle both you know i'm gone a lot during the year and Thank goodness for FaceTime and yeah. and, uh, and 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 the cell phone thing. I don't know how guys got away with it back in the day. I really don't. No, no, no. I, I, it it evolved over the years that I was out, and and early on, it was just crazy to think that you know just to get somebody on the phone, and then FaceTime happened, and yeah. then I couldn't get them to stay on FaceTime long yeah. enough to look at. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's the thing. And like you know, you think about the old days. You know, all these guys would travel around in a car together, and you know, I'm talking like Johnny Cash. And, oh, and, and and all those dudes back in the day, and they would have to pull over in a in a snowstorm and, and talk on a uh, phone on a on the in a phone booth, you know, or, yeah, right. or to, to reach out to their family and stuff. Right. It's just crazy. Yeah, the stuff that they had to go through. It, it, it's it's changed. Um, n- not that it really makes it any easier in, in the right. big picture, um, but it does buy you maybe a little bit of time and gives you a little bit of peace. Absolutely. Uh, just to kind of see, put your eyes on a face. No question. You know. 
So with Luke, mm-hmm. you guys have done a lot of television stuff. Yes. Award shows, mm-hmm. morning shows, mm-hmm. late night television. Yep. So all of them. You, you, you can, them. I mean, I think, we can I think list we've them. We've done all. them all, man. Uh, much we, we haven't done Seth Meyers yet. Okay. We haven't done Stephen Colbert yet. But I, th- I think other than that, I was thinking about that the other day. That we've done them. Mm-hmm. I think we've done them all, man. Yeah. It's incredible. What can you tell the listener who's never experienced that? What can you tell them about that experience? It is. Maybe a certain a unique challenge it's, to... It's definitely a unique challenge. Yeah, you know, f- you got you got one shot at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, with an exception, there's some of the shows you can redo. They're taped. Some of them are live to tape. So you'll tape them during the day and they'll air later. So if you make a huge mistake or something happens, they'll probably let you recut mm-hmm. the song. That's never happened, thank goodness, yeah. as of now. I'm knocking on wood somewhere <laughs> if I could reach it from here. But you do it for me. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, the. There are some, but it's pretty much when that red light's on, you're, it's go time. Right. And so it's a nerve-wracking experience, and when you're done, it's the most biggest monkey off your back you've ever had. And yeah. it's the more you do it, the more you kind of get used to it. But early on when we were doing them, I was just – I was so nervous. I don't really get nervous anymore except for – TV stuff, uh, you know. I just I, I get to the butterfly thing. I don't really get scared or anything like that. I yeah. just get, I get antsy and I get, you know. And then, you know, my favorite. I, you know, I don't want to play favorites by any means, but I love the Jimmy Fallon show just simply for the fact that the roots. Right. You know, if you're playing on that stage, the roots are immediately to your left. Yeah. Watching you play. Yeah. And it's just the most incredible thing to hear those guys. Yeah. What people don't hear is when it goes off the air, they play about another couple, you know, couple, three minutes, and it's the most amazing thing you've ever heard. It's just incredible. Yeah. And that show is just so cool. It's kind of got a Saturday Night Live vibe it to does. it, the way they do yeah. The, yeah. The, the the monologue and things. And it's just a fun show. And anytime I can get to see Questlove and those guys play in person, it's, it's, it's sick. It's just absolutely awe-inspiring. And my understanding was the creators of that show were saying, uh, so Jimmy's got a band, he's got Mm -hmm. a group of musicians he wants to use, Mm -hmm. he wants to use his friends, The Roots, and uh, we'll just we'll we'll just let him do that, and then and then we'll get a different band, but we'll let him use what he wants to use right. for a while. Yeah, and that was their intention, yeah. and then they were going to change it later. Yeah, you can't replace the roots. You can't. It's it, impossible. It, it, it was one of the it was one of the most refreshing <laughs> yeah. things. And and there's there's a, a a great legacy of of bands from Johnny Carson's oh, gosh. band, Letterman, Anton Fig. Oh, you know. totally. Anton's oh, yeah. one of my faves. You right, know? right. It's just yeah, those guys have all Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And Sean Pelton, all those guys, right. Steve Jordan, all those guys. It's just, it's incredible. You know, a lot of a lot of guys. You know, I used to. I love David Letterman, but a lot of the reason I used to watch mm-hmm. David Letterman at night was to watch Anton Fig play. Yep. Because I knew that I would definitely get to see him at least twice, maybe three times during the show, mm-hmm. and I get to see what drum set he's playing. Mm-hmm. I get to see what. What what sound what drum what do his drums sound like? You know things like that. I was just I was really geeking out over, just the gear and stuff. So and Anton, you know, I go back to listening to Anton with Ace Frehley, you know, oh, the, right. the solo records and stuff like yeah. that, and, and the couple Kiss records he played on. But uh, Anton's one of my favorites. Yeah, he's all the Bonamassa stuff he's done. He's a incredible player as well. So that you know a lot of the reason I watched was because of him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's that's the way a lot of people discovered drums early on. Yeah, absolutely through television. Uh, the Muppets. Yeah, there you go. I discovered, you know, who younger I watched Animal when I saw that red drum set, and I was like, "Wow, 
that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I kind of want to do that. You're you know? right. Did you ever see the Buddy Rich? The, the Buddy Rich animal thing? Yeah. yeah, I did later. I didn't see it in uh, when I was young, but I, did, I have seen it on YouTube. Uh-huh. And I was, yeah, yeah so it's, it's incredible. Yeah, and of course, incredible. Dave Grohl yep. redid that, too. It's fantastic. What's uh, what's the rest of your year look like, man? We uh, actually we um, we wind up at the, in the end of October is our last tour date. I think October twenty eighth ish. Um, I think there's a CMA award show sometime in November, and then I my little one will be here in uh, November nineteenth ish. Yeah, man. And um, I think in December we may have a couple things going on. Uh, Press wise, I think maybe I'm not sure, mm-hmm. and um, let's see. I think we uh, then we in January we start up again. We have a thing called Crash My Playa that he does in Mexico. That's kind of just it's a really loose show. We get to go out and just play a show that we you know we haven't played a full show in a couple months. Let's go set up on the beach and play. <laughs> and then How Luke has his, yeah that? Luke has his own little thing, yeah. own little festival out there and it's it's yeah. incredible and I'm not sure when the tour starts. I haven't heard anything okay. about next year, but I do know we're going to we're going to be out getting it. Gonna okay. be out and you're you're going to be stuff. like I need some sleep. I'm going to be like I need some sleep, but it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> the little one coming, I'm sure I will be up nonstop. <laughs> I know. You know, so that's just part of that's what I signed up for. It's just, it's, it is what it is. What do you do, right? Yeah. Don't have much choice, and I can't wait for it. Well, man, I, it's it. you have a beautiful family. Thank you and, very, very and, much. And congratulations on the new one coming. Thank you. It sounds like you're just you're gearing up for it I am, and excited I'm geared up. I mean, there's, you can't prepare enough for it, but I am. No, you can't. I am. And you have how many? Uh, I got have, two boys. You have two boys. But they're 12 and 15. I'm way What? You look yeah. like you're like 28, man. Thank what you. you have when you're... God bless yeah. you. It's the lighting. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for yeah. allowing me to do this. Hey, um, I appreciate it so much, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate thanks, it Ken. very, very much. So there you go. There's my conversation with Kent. Uh, I really enjoyed that conversation. I felt like uh, it flowed really nice. Kent is uh, just a really warm and uh, welcoming guy. appreciate him taking the time to talk to us and give us some insight to a pretty heavy-duty gig and uh, some of the uh, heavy-duty responsibilities that he has with an artist like Luke Bryan. And um, so I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, My thanks, as always, goes to Mike Jackson for his technical assistance. Stay tuned next week for Zach Albeda's interview. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you can find us on patreon.com slash working drummer where you can help support this podcast and what we do here. So at the very least, please go to patreon.com slash working drummer and see what awards are available to you and to those who are able to help support what Mike and Zach and I do. Also, as a reminder, you can see the t-shirts that we have available. There's graphics on the front and the back, and we have all sizes now, small, medium, large, extra large, and 2XL. Please uh, consider one of these shirts. Uh, I uh, am excited to have those available. And uh, if you find us on workingdrummer.net, you can go to the merch and you can see those shirts. And uh, if you want, please order one. And that all helps uh, support not only the cost of the shirt, but helps us uh, recoup some of the costs of uh, operating the podcast. So uh, please show your support, show your colors, if you will, and, uh, and buy a shirt from workingdrummer.net. 
And uh, thanks again for everyone's listening and participation in this community that uh, we all love and support. And I hope to see you around. Bye-bye.